Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Once again, I'm so uh, pleased that so many of you have gone to my website, www.jangoldstein.com, found my books there. Uh, I began writing uh, nonfiction books, a couple of them, and uh, and then just wanted to move into fiction, and uh, and had three uh, three more uh, fiction books, and working on two right now. But it got me thinking a lot about writing this week as I come in contact with more and more writers. And what happened during this pandemic is a, a number of people turned to writing or at least to express themselves. And uh, whether it was in memoir, whether it was in poetry, whether it was in theater, I'm so interested to see what theater comes out of this experience we've all been through. And um for me, my life started watching my mom every day uh, working on her poetry. Uh, she had this, oh, the typewriters. Do you remember those uh, things? Um, seems so ancient right now, but uh, she'd work away at her typewriter. And um, and I watched my mom, who uh, Roberta Goldstein, who... Um, you know, started out her uh, her dad died before she went to college, and she made her way, worked her way through college. Uh, she would wash the dishes um, at this uh, at this sorority um, with with kids she went to school with, but she would be in the back washing their dishes so she could earn some money to get through college. And then she'd go down to Church Street in uh, in Burlington, Vermont, and uh, I think it was for a dime, a nickel or a dime. She would tell me uh, she would get a little sandwich and a and a bowl of soup uh, at the Woolworth, um, you know, at the counter, uh, and that would be her meal. And uh, from those beginnings, and she had an incredible. Uh, mom who um, was both a teacher and a librarian and whatever, but had no no money to speak of um, and lived in a small town, North Troy, uh, up near the Canadian border in Vermont. So my mom basically made that on her own and uh, worked so very hard and later developed this love of poetry that I'm sure had been long nurtured uh, in her reading. And uh, and sure enough, went on to write six poetry books and uh, to be honored by Rome uh, with its international poetry laurel. Uh, it's just remarkable. And it, it gets me thinking about writers and their remarkable stories because, uh, you know, it's not easy to be a writer. And I, I want to compare it to whatever you find, you know, a, a struggle, but you want to be good at. Um, it's it's not easy. It doesn't come easy. People think Simone Biles, she's remarkable, clearly and, and probably the greatest uh, of all time in, in gymnastics. And yet she works so very hard at it. And uh, 
each of us, uh, when we want to excel at something or get as good as we can, um, and and for me as well, there's nothing easy about being an author, uh, and yet we do it and we work at it, and I think it's something we can look to and compare to the rest of life. Everything we want to be good at, um, we've we've had to face rejection. I know my mom's poems were rejected uh, early on and later would be published in magazines and newspapers and and then eventually into books. Um, I had the good fortune as a as a, a high school student to to be inspired by her and to go on to write poetry and I did win the Vermont Poetry uh, Society contest for um, for best poem that year and I look back in it I I just wonder it was a poem really about guns and shooting and my the inexplicability of of seeing violence uh, needless violence in the world and um and asking questions as a young person might and how far have we come from those days not far uh, we're still asking those questions. And indeed, that's what authors do. They ask questions. They tell stories. And in, in many ways, there are no new stories. But they're, the art of it is in how you take a story and retell it in a fresh way, in a new way, so that we can hear it differently, so that we can see it differently, so that we can feel it differently. But... You know, whenever we see a successful author, um, no doubt they haven't come to it easily. And we all know J.K. Rowling's story, for example. Um, But it doesn't make it any less inspiring that she was, uh, in her own words, poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. And we, we know that she was a single mom. She didn't have a job. She lived on welfare. Um. And she's spoken of the fact that she suffered from clinical depression. And still she would take her baby daughter with her to coffee shops um, in Edinburgh. And she would work away at stories. And, of course, one of those stories was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And she worked and worked and worked at it, nursing a little cup of tea alongside it for days and weeks and months. And then when she finally finished it, she was immediately rejected by 12 publishers. Uh, and Bloomsbury um, in, in London finally accepted it, but told her, don't give up your day job, um, which she didn't have, and that she would uh, probably not make much money off it. And of course, the rest is history. But those stories are you know, plentiful when it comes uh, to writing. Um, we know that Maya Angelou, um, and if you've read her, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, um, you know that early on in life it was uh, it was a struggle for her. She was abused as a child, and she was homeless briefly and gave birth to a son at 17. Um, she was a sex worker for a brief period as a young adult. And um, she finally found work as a singer and a dancer and eventually began to 
uh, write. And of course, many acclaimed memoirs and books of poetry and essays and prose came from her and inspired so many. And that was a struggle to get there. As it was for Stephen King, who would believe it? Stephen King of Maine spent his life as a janitor and a gas attendant and I guess he worked uh, in the laundromat. And that first book of his, Carrie, um, was rejected by, I'm told, 30-some-odd publishers. And he was so you know, distraught at the whole thing, he threw it away. Luckily, he had a wonderful wife, Tabitha, who uh, retrieved that book, and um, she coaxed him into keep working it, keep working at it, and he would make it better, even though they lived in a trailer and had two small children to support. Eventually, he did get that book, Carrie, published, and went on to, well, become Stephen King. So what I want to say is uh, the struggles are all there. As much for those who don't make it as for those who do make it, of course. But don't think that those people who have published those books, that it's, it's been an easy time of it. And it's a remarkable thing when your craft that you work at, that you can get better at, and the art of what you do and how you put something together uh, comes out in these remarkable ways, in these remarkable books. And it's true of every facet of life, it seems to me, that to take the craft of it and the art of it, that's true for life too, isn't it? That it's both a craft and an art. And I wonder whether we really have found a way as we come out of this pandemic to work on the craft of life. Those are the things that we can get better at by working at them. And whether that's listening, as I've talked to uh, talked about recently, whether that's mindfulness, whether we've become more attuned to the universe, whether we've been able to hear others of different opinions and find our way to some sort of dialogue. It seems harder and harder to accomplish and yet more and more important. Whether we found a spirituality within our lives, whether we could work on the craft of listening to our own voices and in doing so, become a better ear for others. I think we have to do it with ourselves and then we come better at it than others. You know, uh, Sandra Cisneros uh, describes herself as an introverted child. She was, uh, she said, quote, because we moved so much and always in neighborhoods that appeared like France after World War II, empty lots and burned out buildings, I retreated in my, inside myself. Now, she was the only girl in a family of seven children. And she grew up constantly moving uh, amidst poverty between Mexico City and Chicago. She finally crafted all of this into a story, The House on Mango Street. And of course, since she's won numerous awards for her writing and a MacArthur Fellowship grant. But all of that 
failure and rejection and struggle are part of the craft and the art of her writing. So it is that the rejection that each of us has gone through, the struggles that we face, are part and parcel of what we become and who we are in process of becoming. So I want to say, as, as difficult and as strange as it might seem sometimes, celebrate those rejections, those struggles. They've helped make you who you are. And find in them an ability um, to persevere. They are the potting soil of resilience. And if there is any trait that each of the writers I've named so far and each of the people that we admire at their craft, whether it be in writing or in any profession, that it is in that that they have excelled. The resilience of a career, of a life, of a human being. So let this coming week be a a week in which you celebrate your own resilience. And let it be a time in which you recognize in yourself and in others the ability to meet rejection and meet struggle with the determination to become really good at what and who you want to be. That is the art of living. The poets and writers of our lives help clarify for us not only our dreams, but what is worth dreaming about. Making those dreams a reality, well, that takes resilience. That takes hard work. That takes craft and that takes art. Be that art, each and every one of you, magnificent human beings celebrated this week and until next week i'm jan goldstein and this is all that matters <laughs>